Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. We are the place where each and every single week we read and talk about the new comics that are coming out each week. It is the place for new. If you wanted other people to talk about old stuff and regular Marvel stuff, that's some other chuds on some other podcast. But here, you come and you bask and bathe in the glory of new comic book shit premium for yours truly. Thanks for joining all of us today and serving up that first issue club uh, goodness for you. We have in the club today, me. Um, we also have Mike D. Hello. Caitlin. Hi. And Greg. Greg, you got some upfront news about uh, our podcast that you might want to share to everybody. Yeah, so I uh, did a thing where I set uh, the first issue club up with a hotline. Uh, it is 816-200-0014. If you've got questions, if you've got comments, if you've got common complaints, call in. Let us know. And if it's a good question or a good comment or a funny enough insult, we'll put it on the show and we'll answer it. Now, yeah. I have to specify, it's not a live phone call. So you're not going to be calling in at two in the morning and I'm going to be like, hold on, let me connect you to First Issue Club and you got to wake us all they up. Know, they understand the mechanics. I don't, I, I, just, I just feel like it needs to be just drawn out here in black and white. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> you leave a message that way you can't fend for yourself when we come after you. Because <laughs> we're brutal. It functions much like uh, letters to the editor. Tell us what you think. Talk about your cat. Whatever it is you need to do, it'll be played here, likely. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, this week we are covering Stillwater, mm -hmm. and we are covering Iron Man number one. We got comic book news now. We do. I got news. You guys got news? I got a couple points. Nothing crazy. Okay. I got one normal and then one crazy after your points. I got, yeah, four pretty crazy. Uh, four pretty normal. Normal. Okay, let's, yep. start, let's start with the normies. <laughs> All right. Go for it. It's really escalated. Yeah. Cora, um, the television show. Yes, and the spinoff from Avatar the Airbender, correct? Yes. Had a free comic book day comic, and are they're going to release a comic book called Turf Wars. And they are exploring, well, they're going to have her just be a straight up, uh, I think, lesbian in this uh, comic book, which if anybody watched the television show, it ends on a... Um, I guess like elusive note on her walking into a world holding the hand of another female and there's a lot of debate as to whether or not she was actually attracted to females this comic book is going to go further with that that's great exploring the you know sexual identity of a very popular character I wish it wasn't a huge deal for people right you know well but... I think it's kind of a cool deal in that is it, is it, it's a kid show yeah yeah. It, it's a kid show, and then kind of famously, Evangelion did this, ended on a note where it was like the main character could be gay, but it was up for the interpretation of the viewer. And I think it's a weird... If you go into fandom on that, there's obviously debates on both sides. Mm -hmm. So I don't, actually don't know why they would make it ambiguous, but if I love that this comic is like, no, it's not ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. Not just friends. There's a romance. You can, right. be, you can be friends with people of the same... Gender and different gender. <laughs> yeah, that's how friends kind of work. That's <laughs> also how love kind of works. Newsflash: You can love anybody. It's <laughs> a hard stance by first issue. <laughs> you just love anybody you want. All right, give us some. Give us some more normie news hits. Uh, yeah, well, these are pretty normie. Um, 
I'm sure you guys saw this. The casting for She-Hulk has finally come out. I did. For Disney+. Plus. It is Tatiana Maslany, most uh, famously in Orphan, Orphan Black. Black. So if, if you guys liked Orphan Black and you liked her in it, I'm sure a lot of you are very excited. I'd never watched Orphan Black, but I trust Marvel with my life. She's fantastic. She, she's won Emmys for her role in that show, wherein she played tons of different people. So she's quite a talented actress. I would call her the Sarah Michelle Geller of the 2010s. She's also... <laughs> Can that be Sarah Michelle Geller? She's very much still alive. But she's, she's not, not popular. It, well, she's not acting anymore either, I don't think. Well, have you asked her if she's still acting? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've done some she, article about her in People where she's like, I stepped away from the spotlight. They yeah. all do that kind of stuff. Kaylin knows, and she consulted the IMDb before the show. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to... So Tatiana Maslany is a big Comedy Bang Bang fan, podcast we like. And she was on an episode of a Patreon podcast called... We have to stop talking TMNT on CBB, <laughs> wherein they take all their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle conversations from Comedy Bang Bang <laughs> and keep them exclusively for this Patreon podcast. <laughs> and you find out on this that she is like a secret of the ooze super fan. Like she can quote the entire Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 movie. No, that's the second one, correct? Yes. And down to like... Like, she knows and has memorized, like, the sound effects, even, of the fight scene. She can be like, Wow. What? That is crazy. Okay, that's cool. I have so, some, super nerd. I have so, some T lore. My grandma only owned one VHS tape at her house. <laughs> and so my brother and I have seen TMNT 3, Turtles in Time, 800 times. When I moved to it's Kansas City, movie. I only had... The four pack DVD that I got at like Big Lots, so I watched it. I watched all four. What, just what's the four? Oh, like the new one, the newest. Yeah, the, the like the the yeah. animated one. Yeah. right? I like that one actually. It's not yeah. bad. This the CGI one you mean? Is it by animated? Is that what you mean? No, Are you talking there about... was one before. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's got there was. It's got like a weird. I think it was like 2016, 2014, somewhere around there. And all the turtles look different, right? They like sure. they, they, they made them look like like different different species of they turtles. All, they all look like yes. foxes. Like one was a snapping turtle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Idiot. Fuck I watched. Me. I will say I watched that one the least. I thought that one was really bad. I actually liked it. <laughs> well, let's just segue out of that. Um, okay, so you know how Disney universe, DC universe came out like last year and they toted it as like you can go there for everything like it'll have our tv shows our movies our comic backlog or whatever and then slowly re realized they did not know what the fuck they were doing and it kind of fell by the wayside well it's back dc infinite is back as kind of like their answer to marvel unlimited all their tv shows and their movies have gone to hbo max and right. so they're using this app now as a way to showcase their comics and uh, give all their backlog comics, like Marvel Universe or Marvel Unlimited, excuse me. I mean, it's the same thing as Marvel Unlimited, just it, DC. Yeah. Do you know what the pricing structure is on it? Is it a good deal? I don't. Okay. And um, I apologize to all of our fans here who are waiting <laughs> to hear the price point. I'm guessing it's probably similar to Marvel, which is about 10 bucks. Uh, so, uh, if I force you to buy this app and it's $11, email me, I'll mail you a dollar. Call there's, the hotline. There's a lot yeah, of call the fucking hotline. There's a lot of people I've heard that listen to this podcast instead of Googling shit, 
And so, <laughs> oh, well, oh, I'm if, so sorry. If that's the case, vote Democrat this year, folks. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other option, actually. Uncontested. <laughs> so we're looking up. Yeah, we'll say about ten bucks. So well, it should be ten bucks, it, unless it's comparable to Marvel Limited. Uh, getting out of DC news, some final Marvel news coming out. Um, it was just announced that WandaVision will be debuting on Disney Plus in 2020. Oh, really? They don't have much time. They're not, yeah. They so sneak it in. I'm sn- I'm thinking it's probably going to be about December-ish. So even if it's December 30th, it's still technically in the 2020s. <laughs> do you think it, a lot of it was already in the can, or do you think they've just been filming? They had probably be, gone into production a little bit, and then COVID hit, and they had to really derail. So I'm thinking they got back in, they were able to do some digital effects for the first maybe one or two episodes. And I'm I think production for a lot of shows now has pretty much started back up. In, yeah. in, in small pockets. Um, what's funny is the rumor swirling now is that Black Widow's actually going to get pushed back to 2021. Oh, weird. And I'm thinking they want a theatrical release. Right. They're probably going to wait until, what, March, April? Well, well it's those her movies last... make like a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's her last hurrah in that kind of Yeah. And I don't even know how much thing. money Mulan made. I think it did pretty well, yeah. honestly. Yeah, did it? Yeah, because that was first uh, the first Disney foray foray into yeah. uh, digital releases and video on demand, robbing money from theaters. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> they're going to be a goddamn graveyard. <laughs> if only there was something that we could do to save them. <laughs> but um, yeah. All right, two hundred million. Two hundred million. I don't think that's that good. Uh, no, that's how much it costs to make. Oh, okay. Oh. oh that's good. That's cheap these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you think about Avengers, cost a billion to make. A billy? Well, probably a billy. Mm-hmm. A billy, a billy, a billy. <laughs> and that's all my normie news. God help me for what's about to happen to us. with Because th- this next news point is your wacky one. Is that correct? Crazy. Like, so good we got to cover it. Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of other podcasts, comic book podcasts, if you've been here a while, you would know they would they would stray away from this news title, but we <laughs> oh, I already do not trust this. <laughs> but we had to we had to go ahead and fetch it. Did you guys see they uncovered um like a journal from Stan Lee and they found out that his inspiration for Spider Man was actually having intercourse with a spider? You're saying Stan Lee was having coitus yes. with an arachnid. Mm-hmm. I and, have any any thought Man, wouldn't it be crazy if we had a kid because of this? I mean, I'm wearing I'm wearing a condom, so it can't happen. But well, it it goes something like that. But I I actually have the I have the document. Of course, <laughs> thank God. It says um, we got the Snyder cut first before anybody, and we got the first look in the Stan Lee's journal. What year is this? I undisclosed. It didn't. Oh, I see. He the, wasn't. The, a, he, the he ink date, is smudged. He the didn't ink date is, his entries. Oh, sure, sure, sure. This is yeah. It it's was like a from Green Journal. It was from BuzzFeed. So I'm just. I just pulled up the article. Oh, BuzzFeed broke this. Not they us. broke it. Yeah, we're just covering it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. It says. It says Excelsior. Um, this. <laughs> is that how he starts every journal entry? He just wanted somebody to know how? if they came across it that it was definitely it was Stan definitely Lee's. Hate, yeah. Go back a couple of days. Did you see Excelsior in the first one? This is the only entry they found. It was like a time capsule. I thing. love that he's. 
how he famously signs off is how he starts his journal entry. Yeah, it may have been like a another journal entry that got cut Just off. Just ended hey, there. Sometimes the ending is the beginning. It says, it's a short entry. It says, this spider that caught my eye is now my lover. As I feel it in a way that only one can, the biblical way. I noticed its spry nature and youthful strength. I could sense... If I was raised, I could sense that it was raised by an aunt and an uncle rather than an immediate family. <laughs> sorry. It's all right. It's all right. It's getting choked up. It's all right. After climax, I enjoyed a ciggy and thought, I'll name my new lover Spider Man. It's the Marvel way. Couple of thoughts. <laughs> Well, you can see why he couldn't make that the origin story. <laughs> right. Had to be getting bit because... Right, yeah, it'd be a little bit too risque. I'm guessing the question on everyone's mind is, what kind of spider was it, do you guys think? If, I, we're, if we can hypothesize. I here. imagine like a wolf spider. Wolf spider? Or a, you think Black Widow? I'm, I'm thinking Black Widow. Two birds, one stone. Ooh. Also, what are the vibes that you catch from somebody or something... That would make you think that it was raised by an aunt and an uncle. I think you'd have to be in like intercourse, in love with it. Like you, la- you la- could only know them biblically. <laughs> yes. To tell they don't how they you, were raised. They don't call you daddy. They call you uncle. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's news. It's comic news. Buried, that- buried deep down <laughs> on the uh, pile of news. Yeah. Um. Well. Okay. Uh, does anybody else have any unique news to share? Nope. Well, I guess we just... BuzzFeed really put all tags into one basket this oh, week. Spider. Oh, God damn it. Let's get this podcast started. <laughs> Now we have Stillwater out on Image Comic Books. It's a number one, and this is written by none other than Chip Zdarsky and illustrated by Ramon Perez. Um, Kaylin, what is what is Stillwater about? Stillwater is a town where nobody dies, and that's not just a promise, it's a threat. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you can tell that someone who worked at Image wrote that and not chipped himself because he probably read that synopsis when Image put it out and he goes, well, fuck. You yeah. gave away the ending. You did, yeah. A couple upfront things about this book. If you don't know, Chip Zdarsky, very famed writer, but mostly known for probably dripping in comedy and everything he does a little bit. Mm-hmm. He has a tone. We've talked about this before. When you're reading a Chip Zdarsky book, you know you're reading a Chip Zdarsky book. It's very witty, kind of poignant, but still has some, you know, some levity to it. I actually think he's one of the best comic book writers, if not the best at writing comedy into comic books. Howard the Duck was awesome. Howard the Duck was so funny. But I will say that he's writing a Daredevil run right now that is fantastic without a lick of humor in it and that's the other thing is that he's crossed over recently in the last couple of years to just being like also just good comic book writer guy and i think you suspect or expect a certain level of like silliness with his books and so when he does come hitting hard with like touching things or violent stuff it it was a little shocking at first it almost made stuff like 
seem even heavier to me. In the letters to the editor, is he revert to his silly side that like he does in Stillwater? Yeah. In Daredevil, though? Yeah. Oh. You know what? I don't read the letters to the editor okay. in, in Daredevil. <laughs> What's the point of buying the monthlies, then? To read them. Yeah, I read them. <laughs> oh, good, good point. Sorry. I collect yeah. comic books. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> I have expendable money, and I don't know what to do with it. Uh, another thing to say about this book is that I think it was very hotly anticipated. Um, I've seen promotions for it for a while, and I, I, this is one of those comic books where they're giving an all-star writer his own series to kind of just go at it and do it. This has happened with, you know, Cullen Bunn, Jason Aaron, Jeff Lemire, Matt Kent, like... They get their books, and then people hype on them and, and are excited. I think that there's a lot of hype around this book. Yeah, because um, the only other independent book that Chip's doing is Sex Criminals, right? And that's ending. Mostly he's doing Marvel and DC stuff. So this is just another entry into the indie realm with him. And, um, I mean, he does very well in Marvel and, and in DC, but in indie, he doesn't have any rules. You know what I mean? Like, he's not restrained by... Uh, executives from DC or Marvel being like, ah, Chip, that's a great idea. However, we can't really sell that on our line because uh, we got different kinds of readers. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, you know. He's unbound. Yeah. Zadarsky unbound. Exactly. <laughs> and um, thanks, Greg. And so I think really, you know, it's now when you see Zadarsky on a cover, like you expect great things. It's kind of like what we talked about when we – all got the Cyberpunk 2077. We all picked that up because Cullen Bunn was on that book. We didn't pick it up because we wanted to read that comic book. Correct. Um, so I think first up about this comic book that I would say, somebody's going to ask me my opinion on it. It's great. I loved it. I love Chip Zdarsky. I have some more intricate thoughts than that. But if you're just saying like, if you just want to know, should I read this? Is it something to jump into? Yes, across the board. There's a little bit of convolutedness, too, when we get into the actual talking about the first issue, in my opinion. Certainly. I'm wholly on board with that sentiment. Okay. Go read this book. Let's get into the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the town, the premise that Caitlin was talking about of, like, that nobody can die um, is not necessarily something that I've seen before, but it felt very familiar um and like a twilight zone type of thing yes yeah it did feel like an episode of the twilight zone and every all the previews i saw of this book said this is a slow burn hold out like wait and i think that i felt that a little bit is that like this is there needs to be some more punch in the next couple of issues to punch it up out of like world where nobody dies a little bit and there was a a lot, there was a lot of punching in this. Or a good cliffhanger, too. There yeah. was a great cliffhanger, and there was a glimpse of the chaos, nutty craziness that could happen in the last handful of panels. Um, namely, I guess, because we can spoil it, I guess, right? This, this podcast, full of spoilers. Spo well, the biggest, We're a reading club. The biggest <laughs> twist is spoiled in the synopsis. So yes. <laughs> anybody who's going <laughs> to read that before they pick this book up is already going to have is, some of that. It is. I didn't read that. And I don't think anybody read that synopsis before mm -hmm. they read it. No, no. It, it, it made the reveal so much better. That mm -hmm. reading that makes this comic book worse because it's like yeah, it you're, you're slowly. I didn't figure it out, and that that was the brilliance of Chip's writing was mm -hmm. that like I'm like kind of like wait a minute, what's the deal with this town? So the first inclination is when his eye starts to heal, but then you don't even really know why that's happening. 
Yeah, until the kid comes back to life from being pushed off of a four-story building. Yeah. And no one in the town rushes to help this kid. And so you're just like, oh, this is something is not right. That's in this the town. Twilight Zone part of it. You get the sense that there's this force that people are either not questioning or very afraid of. And there are certain enforcers within the town. It it oddly like mimicked a little bit of Lovecraft Country. I don't know. If you know if I you... want to. Okay. I have not. With... I feel like that's right up my well, alley the... too. Oh, yeah, it is. This doesn't spoil anything. But in the second episode, they're finding like a town that's off the map that mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out like why are these people weird and Which stuff. Also deals with inheritance, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I'm sure that <laughs> it's just a coincidence. That yeah, it they... is a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying one's derivative of the other. Right. No. So I, I guess we should say how these characters get to this town. Right, we get this guy who's essentially um, a deadbeat. He he's he has a string of bad luck. He got fired from his job. His girlfriend left him. He has no money. A strange man comes to his door and tells him, and uh, a relative has died and left him an undisclosed amount of money. A relative he's never heard of. Yeah. Correct. I'll also point out at this at this point in the story. You hate our lead. Uh-huh. I, he's, he's irredeemable. Yes, yes. <laughs> and his like, friends like not that much better. <laughs> anti-hero doesn't even do it justice. He's no. just anti. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, he's like the book starts out with him at like a cubicle in an office, and he's being a jerk, and he gets called into the like his boss's office, and she fires him because he shoved a guy that he works with, and he's surprised that he's getting and fired. He can't believe he's getting fired. That's assault, brother. <laughs> You can't hit at work? No. Oh, just the way he talks about, like, how it went and that it wasn't a big deal. I was just like, oh, I hate people like this guy. <laughs> and then he then he admits to being blackout fight guy. Yeah. The guy that gets blackout drunk and wants to fight. We've and all then had blames that friend. his friend for buying him drinks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they go on this adventure into this town of Stillwater. Because it's his last hope, which I liked. Mm-hmm. That basically this money is the thing that could get him out of a rut. For a time being, if this guy got a lot of money, I'm sure he would still find a way to find a rut. Money uh, cures most problems. <laughs> I wish. And um, so they arrive, and it's just like you guys have been talking about. It's a very, uh, I wanna, why do I want to say Ender's Gate? <laughs> Twilight Zone. It's a very Twilight Zone scenario of just like nobody wants to talk about the town or the history or no one makes eye contact, and it's just very eerie from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the problem, not the problem, the thing with this book is that I expected like one little element to be like, and here's why, it's it's like the Twilight Zone meets, and it's like, there's not like a meets, really, except for like the guys like kind of like crazy. I love the Twilight Zone. I think it's an interesting like world. Well, it does get, it does get quite... Um... Violent? I get yeah. I guess the stakes are raised way more than they ever really were in Twilight Zone, and it stays pretty benign, I think. But I mean, he watches his friend get shot in the face. I was gonna say that that is the moment where I was like, "Ooh, this comic uh-huh. is crazy." <laughs> he gets shot. His friend, the, who is a main one of the main characters up to this point, gets shot point blank in the face, dead. And I'm like, "Oh, that's rough." Which and so they explain that uh, they know the parameters of. Where you can get shot and not die, mm-hmm. and then you cross this one point of the city line, and if you get shot here, you definitely will die. Which, how they figured that out, I do not want to know. But it also seems that's to a be, great point. Is it is it everybody? Like everybody that goes into that town? Because that's the other thing is that it it does allude to some sort of 
not bloodline maybe, but just a certain type of person because his mom shows up. Yeah, I, ju- I just I just figured oh, maybe you his eye healed, but his friend wasn't injured. Maybe so you don't have been age as well. You, you, you don't, don't age. age. Okay, that was confirmed. So there's no, there's literally no like ba- like a uh, whatever it is this dying happening. No, you're just like uh, frozen in time essentially. And that's why his mom, who he thought previously was gone, escaped to this area and just was immortal. Or he was born in this town. Ah, that's and what I was maybe, thinking. Maybe like the father figure took him back. out. Yeah. Well, you think, too, you can't be, if you were born in this town, you'd be an infant forever. Right, right. right? you'd have to leave. Mm -hmm. So you have to leave at some point and come back. And I don't know if that was, like, a strategy with her mother. Imagine these kids that were, like, pushing each other off buildings. Are they, like, 50 years old? Right. And they're so jaded at this point that that's how they play is, like, killing each other? Yeah. It's like that girl in Black Hammer. Who can, uh, yes, uh, who is like stuck being this little girl, eight yep. year old girl, and she's actually like 60 something, right? So, well, the wait. guy that gives him the letter says it was timing specific, that's true. Well, okay, so let's say this mom does get pregnant inside the town, she you can't grow a baby in your stomach, womb, excuse me, taking some birthing classes, thank you. Because <laughs> if you're stuck perpetually in the same, like point in time in your life in this town and if your body heals itself i mean you can't get pregnant you can't the baby won't grow correct because the baby will be stuck in perpetual are you calling birth death i'm calling birth <laughs> growth and aging, you can't aging and, and aging, development you can't yeah. grow and so she would have had town. to leave the town okay to yeah. have the child correct or she came i don't know she went maybe five. she did imagine asking this question at a convention Excuse me, Chip. Uh, actually, I've, I noticed that if she, if this child was conceived within the boundaries of Stillwater, oh man, that'd be escorted out of the building so would quick. Would he stay sperm in the vaginal lining for an indefinite period of time? Here's, here's the question I would ask. So uh, that guy, do th- sperm live forever within the plumbing? Oh yeah, of the town. Oh yeah, just constantly whop. <laughs> um, since this guy thought. That his mom was dead, but she's actually alive. Um, two members of our podcast have dead parents. Greg's father's dead. My mom's dead. Do you think our parents are in, in this town alive, actually? Okay, so now you're hypothesizing <laughs> that... I've, oh, first of all, I very much saw my dad die. So I know for a fact he's not in a farm upstate with well, other dads having a great time. <laughs> I'm in that boat, too, but I just would like the creators to answer my hypothesis. <laughs> Now, if this turns out, if Stillwater turns out to be heaven or limbo or hell, sure. Okay, oh, your question makes sense. Am no, I that's that's shitty writing. That you're right. If <laughs> Do the, not lost us right yes. now. If Stillwater turns out to be like limbo, I will burn every copy of Stillwater. <laughs> and currently, I have sixty of them <laughs> because I want to support you, Chip. <laughs> uh, I I really like this book. The artwork by uh, Ramon Perez oh. was stunning. I know this is a silly thing to say and comment on on an audio podcast, but this really does make the book flow and the the actions and the the uh, you know the, uh, the the dynamics of it all were really striking. This this book read like a like eating like a filet mignon. It just was like so meaty, buttery, good. Yeah, you just like kind of just like flow. Th- <laughs> At no part was I like bored or being like, this what is, exactly happened? This is mm-hmm. full on Kobe beef. 
<laughs> yeah, Kobebi. If you lived in a town disconnected from the outside world where you never aged and never died, would you hold a job down? It seems very odd. There's like a diner and roles agreed upon. Maybe that's just like a social contract. The, it, there very much seems like there's rules here because yeah. they uh-huh. mention a judge and they and mention a sheriff. a sheriff. And they're like, we don't want to involve the judge in this. So right. they've got this cop right. guy and they've got a doctor. So there are definitely. So there are hierarchies been, in this thing. I agree. Yeah. Given given duties or jobs to do in the town. Because, uh, you know, even if you can't die, you still got to eat. If, yeah. You, I wouldn't go to school, I can tell you that. You <laughs> got to fuck school. I'd be pushing people off of buildings. That's what they're doing. <laughs> you got to have a job to know how you stack in society, though. So, yeah. I I need the man to tell me what I would do anyway. Well, well. My job would be, like, this person's job in this comic was to... Uh, Wash blood off the street with a <laughs> oh, yeah, common blood. hose. <laughs> blood washer. There's, yeah. You would think there would be some comeuppance for these kids, right? Because mm-hmm. they treat the people who've come into the town like they were the assholes who stirred trouble up. But none of this wouldn't happen if mm-hmm. a child didn't like fly off of a building. Well, they didn't know they had guests. You think at the first, guest bell wasn't wrong? Like well, they were staring at the guy. And at first, I kind of thought. And then one shoved another one off a building. Well, I mean, if there's a judge, there is some kind of law in this town, and the the cop does mention no one can find out about this town. That's why they had to take him to the edge to kill him. Because if you know, if I found out there was a town I could go to where I wouldn't die, well, I would be changing my address, and I would be moving <laughs> to that town immediately, calling all your friends. Yeah. I, well. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't want to. I'll get new friends. Yeah. <laughs> friends that I'll have forever. New immortal friends. Yeah. Yeah, I like more immortal friends better than my mortal friends. Imagine getting in trouble in this town, though. Like, your jail time would be forever. Like, 50 years. And you'd be like, God damn it, I won't even die. I'll be, just be bored out of my mind. Yeah, you'd have to just kill people in that scenario. Yeah, take them to the edge. Uh, or like, just become desensitized like vampire societies are portrayed where they just like don't care they don't care about for, people doing much four, four life sentences for the golden state killer would really mean something here if you live for a while mm-hmm. for me there would really have to be job rotation like i Ooh. couldn't be server in the diner for infinity yeah you would have to rotate me with like blood baby. chef teacher blood washer so that yeah every year Come January, they, everyone's name gets put in a hat. Okay. And then... You could be the, mayor. And there's a... a for a while. You, you could be judge. You get to put the hat on at the end of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could be a p- kid pusher. Yeah. And so <laughs> there's two hats. There's name hat and then there's job hat. And, you know, if you sell the most cookies that year, you get to be the one to put your hands in and pick people's names and jobs out. You get more names in... No, no. Everyone has one name in, and there's only one job, and there's no cheating, no cheating allowed in Stillwater. If that is actually happens in this comic book, I that's gonna be amazing that you called it. I you can't wait to get into the politics of this. This is my half court shot. Well, yeah. you know, well, I mean, we're gonna meet the judge. You Babe Ruth did. at some point, so we're gonna learn a little bit more about what they have going on. Okay, so let's call it now. Is this place buried on top of an ancient burial ground? Is this place hexed? Or is it like, um, I don't know, 
something in the water. <laughs> what makes it still gonna, water still water? I'll go with not something in the water. But oh, okay. Well, or maybe it... Come on, <laughs> quick. I was just thinking like it just was like a void area. Like that the people didn't really oh, know. A corner where God can't see. Yes. Where the sun doesn't shine. Can God make a hat so big? With the judge. And that's why the judge is so formidable. Like he passes out a vitamin every year? Or like the, the children of the corn, you know, or Ooh. like the, the little kid who just wishes people away or something. Like what if it's, the yeah, the judge can like do something that keeps the perimeter as such. Hmm. Ah. Interesting. The fact that it's such a hard line leads me to believe that there's no like, it's not like the magnetic fields of like yeah. the earth below. Right. So it's very much... Magical. Magical. Okay. We're, I think we're going to find out that the judge and the uh, sheriff are bad boys, like the governor. In, uh... Or bad girls. Oh, sorry. Bad people. <laughs> what a reveal would that be if you saw a judge and it was and a woman? And she took off her judge hat oh, and she yeah. shook her hair out. <laughs> and she had boobies. Wait, the judges, huh? <laughs> the, the judge can milk her children? <laughs> Milk her children. I've never heard nursing being described like that. Holy moly. Yeah, you can hold me in contempt all you want, sweetheart. (laughs) Still want a freaking rules. The children milk the judge. It's the other way around. That's how people don't die. Uh, Sorry, I'm, yes, I put my words around. (laughs) <laughs> That's all I got on Stillwater. Let's end on milk jugging. <laughs> milk and children. <laughs> milk jug or milk judge? <laughs> Hello, I'm Judge Milk. <laughs> and would you like some? <laughs> I actually... I've, just, I've just finished milking my children. <laughs> I have plenty. I've got a warm liter right here. <laughs> up we have iron man number one on marvel by christopher cantwell and kafu which if you didn't know is an acronym for carlos alberto fernandez urbano if you didn't know that call the first two club hotline 816-200-0014 let us know yeah and and tell us things <laughs> um does it, before we say anything about this Caitlin, does this Iron Man have like a weird like Iron Man subtitle or anything like that? Like Iron Man 2020 or it's just the new Iron Man series? I think it's just new. Okay. I also will say after before we get into the synopsis that. Well, actually, maybe I shouldn't. We can cut that. I'll talk about it a little bit later. Okay. It's my opinion. Uh, what, what is the synopsis of this book? So, Tony is putting away his high tech toys and high profile image so he can get his hands dirty again. But life isn't always that simple, something that old friends and frustrating foes are quick to point out. That is definitely this book. I found it very refreshing, and I wanted to kind of start this conversation by commenting on the personal roller coaster ride that I've had with Marvel Comics and First Issues and Reboots. That when you start reading comics, it's... 
awesome. It's the best case scenario, right? We're starting fresh with another Iron Man that you can jump right in and we're back to basics, right? When you keep reading comics for a while and you've been in for several years, you start to know and love the things about those story arcs and what makes Tony Stark, Tony Stark. And so when another artist jumps on and another you know author jumps on and changes the essence of that character or just restarts it, you feel like, what have I been reading? Like that's all for, it's just like all thrown out the window what, I, what I've invested in this character. And now I'm at a point where I think I'm going back up where I'm saying, you know what, you've got unique artists and unique takes where they want to tell their story about these characters that we know. And you can't tell the same story forever. Sometimes it's very refreshing to have a new start that's accessible and get back to basics. And that's what this story is, is getting back to basics. And I can't think of a more convoluted, complicated place to have come from than Dan Slott's Iron Man run. Ooh. I mean, it just tied in the complete history and background of everything Iron Man's ever been and like turned that on its head and was just weaving so many things together. And I could not keep up. All the like Force Works tie-ins and um the twenty twenty. All the twenty twenty stuff and like Arno. The cleverness of like yeah, and like Arno Stark being brought in as like a real character. Tony's now like a robot and has been for a while. Um it was cool to just see like Tony have a bit of an existential crisis and want to get back to simplicity. Just like normal Iron Man. And I and I love that we've got additional ca- sorry, I'm like monologuing here, but I also love that we've got another hero that we're familiar with that is kind of calling him out like of course rich guy egomaniac being like back to basics like with your 65 billion dollar payout yeah you'll you're never gonna get away from your ego tony like that's who you are and whatever is happening right now is in some form an ego trip or playing to that like you can't escape yourself so there's some great commentary there too and it's hellcat that is doing this did we was hellcat in the dan slot like is that a continuation of something I think what it harkens back to is when Iron Man first started and he was like New York guy in the street helping New York and Hellcat was there and, you know, Spider-Man, Luke Cage. Th- those are the people he ran with. Well, can you think of a more like on the street sort of character? Like Hellcat isn't bigger than the world, like crazy, insane superpowers flying mm-hmm. around the city. Nope. She's not going to space and helping Thor. Yep. You know. They busted the the crime they were looking to solve in this was busting a guy from stealing a book at a library. Well, the book. The book. <laughs> the <laughs> book Bible. I, I will say though that even though this this is a refreshing point, I don't think it's very accessible for new people. Which is a lot of times a problem I have with number ones that aren't really number ones. (laughs) Yeah. Because if I didn't know, I happen to know who Hellcat is. I don't know who Janet is. I don't know who the 
bad guys are. So, like, it's not necessarily – it feels like those are very much nods to people who are like, oh, awesome, I get that. I know who that is. Oh, he's back? Like, and I didn't – I don't know who – it's just – I don't know that it would be a, a totally brand new jumping on point. I think you're right. And to to your point and to Mike D's point, this still very much is a spill out from Iron Man 2020. He references that machines need need to make machines – uh, Janet was actually Janet Van Dyke, the Wasp in the 2020 thing. They were like dating in Dan Slott's yeah. realm. They were like dating, and so they threw in that one throwaway page of just like I guessed, but that was it. Just I don't think I don't know that anybody. I kept not on, knowing. I mean, it, no, you're right. If if you came into this just like ooh, because I'm number a, one Iron Man, I'm a plebe. I kept on being like, where's Pepper Potts? Right. Yeah. Well, and I guess I at least appreciated that if. I had come from this series and invested a lot of time into the previous run, then at least I've got someone acknowledging that those things even happened. That does feel good. But the way that they're doing it is just so like, I love that it was like this fucking insane week that Tony's had. It was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was kind of the structure of this comic. And you're just flashing through Mm -hmm. the crisis he's going through and, and changing his life. And to to acknowledge those things in like one panel that represents one day in his life and then move on from that, I thought was really clever to like try to keep it fresh, but honor that old stuff. Right. I when I get a reboot, um, I want to see like a new take on something. I think Kelly Thompson is actually really good at this, like Deadpool with Monster Island. Yeah. Black Widow kind of going into like love Archie stuff with the like comic book that we read last time. And I think that this comic started out that way and said, hey, it's going to be no social media, no techie Iron Man. My confusion actually was just that that was insane. And I was like, how is this even going to continue? And then it just became an Iron Man book near the end again. I guess a different sort of Iron Man book, in my opinion, You'll, there was a handful, and maybe this is just because I'm a no, it's, it's, Marvel it's a good take. mega fan, is that they made a point of saying that, like, hey, he's talking to his, like, in-helmet AI, and since it's his old, old Iron Man suit that he's wearing, like, it's just, like, command unrecognized, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. I love that the computer code just, like, doesn't go, yeah. <laughs> okay, that with makes... With as many problems as we have with Alexa, like, not understanding a question, <laughs> it is very funny and humanizing to have him have an experience like that with all of his toys. It's never been like, I do not understand what you're saying. This, the, yeah, the narrative that you're giving, Mike, honestly makes it this comic seem brilliant, and well, I, I needed it. One of the problems that I have with some of those high-tech Iron Man things that have been in previous runs is that he's so smart that he can do anything, right? Mm -hmm. And you've seen his suit do, like, endlessly amazing things through, like, so many stories that the continuity of that, it's like, oh, he can solve that problem. Oh, he's got a quick fix for that. And it's such a bullshit fix for whatever problems at hand, just like old Batman comics. Like, oh, he's trapped underwater and he's going to drown. Well, guess what? He's got an air capsule in his in his bat 
Like belt. Goddamn bat belt. <laughs> and We've never gonna... mentioned it to you before, but yeah, we conveniently right. have it now. The world's tiniest scuba mask. He's going to pull out of that <laughs> fucking utility belt, and he's good to go. Shaped like a bat signal. It's like the sloppiest writing ever. And this kind of takes away the ability to just, like, solve every problem with technology. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that... If his ego is so large that he says, I can do this without all my tech. Yeah. Right. He w- he used to be running on Windows XP. <laughs> now he's on Windows 95. He went and bought a charger or whatever it was, like a, a normal man's car. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know cars. It looked like a Fast and Furious car, <laughs> which I assume means it goes fast. Exactly. Furiously NOS, fast. With some NOS. Yeah. We're I don't all, think I had NOS. We're all family here. Um, and even like he he gets into a street race and, and loses he, and he loses <laughs> loses and he's not you know souping up the car like mm-hmm. crazy right he's trying to win on his own merit. his own medal yeah and so does that not show a little bit of just like maybe he relied too heavily on his own technology and his own skill is not that great well and it's paralleling with all the praise he's still trying to get on social media or oh, doing God. interviews. And finally, he just has to delete it and say, I can't even rely on that tech anymore to boost what I feel like I'm doing. I feel like that was a nod to every comic book creator that just was just like, you know what? Fuck social media. I'm delete. Like, I can't please any of you jackasses at all. And so I thought that was like a really fun page of just like Iron Man has deleted Twitter. I I also loved Patsy Walker's read on everything where he's trying to explain what we're talking about to her. And she's like, or why don't you just scream who am I into the darkness mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. I was like, that's such a good line. She totally just calls and him he, on his BS. Yeah, and he's like, you're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I do love how just straight up mean she yeah. is to him. And it kind of goes to show you like old friend that keeps it real with you. Like yeah. Those people who knew you when you were, like, just getting started are the people who aren't going to, like, pat your behind at all. Right. Like, she, he takes her to show him the car, and she goes, if you do anything gross down here, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> I'm like, don't try to do anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it was good. And and Christopher Cantwell has written a lot of things that we like. Um, so I liked the Doom run that he did recently Oh, a lot. so good. It was so strange tonally. If you've listen to our podcast consistently you know that it's like a thing that i love about this like it was so hard to pinpoint whether it was like funny dark serious like the feeling it gave you issue to issue was just uncomfortable right (laughs) and it was just so interesting to me like it, it might have been one of those things too where i say is he like a genius or just like a bad writer and I'm like putting that on him you know what I mean well, like would, I don't know but it, it might was be like a style I, I love it because that was the same exact style of everything everything I've loved the indie yeah. book that he did I loved that comic that, that that was the title of the comic book everyone it was everything everything yeah. <laughs> on burger books right I was on burger books so yeah which is a dark horse imprint right was that the superstore one yes okay um, I have something that is going to make, I think, everyone in the room pretty happy. So in December, a book is coming out. It kind of ties into the King in Black uh, thing with Null. Marvel event. Yeah. yeah. It's Christopher Cantwell's writing this. Mm-hmm. It's Doctor Doom, Iron Man versus Santa Claus. 
Oh my god! I, I who, assume it's a one-off. It is a one-off. <laughs> who is? And if you don't know this, uh, Santa Claus is an Omega level mutant. mutant. <laughs> okay, now that I love. So I think that may be like one of the shining jewels in the uh, crown of this winter event for Marvel. And it's part of the the like null event. Uh huh. <laughs> Santa's an Omega level mutant. So um, I I love Christopher Cantwell's writing. Uh, it's so kind of, it's not goofball, and it's, I don't I don't want to use that word because it's not like he's being funny or it's like, it's like if Kids in the Hall was a comic book. There's serious and poignant things, and like, it's just like this weird, distorted kind of mm-hmm. humor that, if you really connect with it, it pays off very very well. Yeah, very well. He, uh, we recently saw that he's going to be the showrunner writer for uh, Paper Girls. Paper Girls, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn comic on, that was out on Image. Which that's going to be on Amazon Prime, I think. It, the TV that show. That comic is so fucking good. Oh, it's amazing. I loved it. Brian K. Vaughn posted a tweet of the picture he took of the Paper Girls timeline, which, if you know anything about the uh, <laughs> comic book Paper Girls, it deals with future, past, present going back into the time and whatever and he has it it's just like a straight line and then like scribbles all over it and just like this person's here when this person is here and then this person's there and they all go back to here and it is the most insane ramblings I've ever seen jotted down I love that other than Stan Lee's journal we saw earlier in yeah. the episode mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay so the, the Tony meets a person at a party who says that they can control lightning yeah this is gonna be our Future bad guy. Do you know who it is? I don't. Okay. His name's Korvac. Oh, he's an existing oh. character. Do you remember all the way back from Marvel 1000? Yeah. Where Cor- like that was the last panel was yep. they say Korvac is alive, mm-hmm. which is like this person with like tubes in his eyes and stuff or whatever. Yeah. So that's going to be like a major villain now in this. Right. Uh, uh, he seemed pretty like pedestrian as a villain. I think he has more cosmic uh, abilities to show us as well, it goes on. Well, that was half his face, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like al- alluding to cosmos. Mm-hmm. Das cosmos. <laughs> yes. In a fake language. Very similar to an introduction of a villain in the MCU with Iron Man, someone mm-hmm. that comes up to pitch Tony Stark and he blows him off and then he turns into like a resentful super smart maniac <laughs> that comes after him. Yep. So uh, similar setup to that. Feels familiar. Feels very familiar. Right. <laughs> Almost too familiar. If I could just say. Please do. It feels like I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> I have a deja vu here with this comic book. I, li- I, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was good. I agree with Caitlin. It's not the the best number one, quote unquote, for beginning readers because it does rely on the knowledge that you know Iron Man in a more intimate way than just a Marvel movie. So maybe the payoff for new, new readers to Marvel isn't the best. But if you're a longtime Iron Man fan. Looking to get back into it. Looking to get in. Yeah, you weren't a fan of the Dan Slott run or whatever, which yeah. that's fine. I get that. And to be honest, the the more, <laughs> the more I try to introduce people who don't read comics to comics, the more I'm like, this just doesn't it doesn't happen. I don't think many people come in from like 
off the street, having not purchased a comic in like years, and say, "I'm going to start with well, no Iron I, Man that came out today." I just well, okay, that doesn't happen. But I think the scenario of people reading a handful of indie books. Imagine the journey of you read Blankets, you read Saga, yeah. you got into another Image book that you liked, and now you say, "Hey." The big two's all around me. Could I actually get into a book reading it? Sure. You, you might want to pick up a rebooted, like, new comic book. Yeah, you know, sure. It, or it, if you really, really, really like the MCU and you decide to get your feet wet in comics and try to pick up this. Yeah. We we have a, a mutual friend, Andy Vargas, who I always assumed had read comic books his entire life. And he recently told me he just picked it up, like, beginning of college ending up high school and like his knowledge of comic books is insane yeah and he just decided to get into it one day like i don't know if he just kind of held his nose and jumped into the waters of dc comic books but i mean that's one way of doing it but i i agree i don't think you get some gin public walking off the street just like and i will today choose this one and well, i think a lot of people starting into and this is probably a better place to start with a lot of marvel characters if you're wanting to dip your toe in is like look up famous runs of things and start oh, yeah. with some of those trades. Yeah. Does that but, make more sense? Like if I've never read a Spider-Man book, mm -hmm. I might say, oh, okay, this like Craven the Hunter series is like a great encapsulated story that's like really famous sure. that gives me some knowledge but of the character. It, at the same time, I feel like one of the beauties of comic books is that the entry point takes a little bit of work that it's not completely like yeah i'm glad we picked this book to cover it was fun great alex ross cover too which we didn't mention mm -hmm. right a lot of the great um he's been doing alternate covers for a lot of marvel books now they're, have you seen they've those? been calling them the timeless covers yeah and they're just beautiful portraits how old is he now Alex Ross? That's a good question. I he's, don't know. He is 72. I wow. Hope, how did, I hope oh, he's I not. Was gonna say, I was going to say I was impressed. I would say mid to late 50s. Because uh, Alex, Alex Ross has been around for a minute. And before every episode, I look up Sarah Michelle Gellar on IMDb, <laughs> and he checks to see how old Alex Ross is. Yep. 50. Alex Ross, 50. Looking Spry. fine for Spry. 50. Spry, good. His yeah. hand's still good. If he can still paint that beautifully. Oh, man. Uh, oh, man. Okay. Uh, those old Kingdom Come covers and... Alex Ross, if you're listening to this podcast, which now, he is, which I assume you are, drink a lot of water. Your hamstrings are the first thing to go. Make sure that you work out those every day. Um, is that I heard, true? Yeah, it's the first mile. Wait for real? Uh huh. huh. Yep. Hamstrings are your first muscle to go as you get older. Eating berries a handful a day will decrease your chance of cancer by eight percent. So, what uh, kind of berries? Any kind of berries? Any, I think any berries. Okay. In general. All right. So, uh, do all of those things for us and for the comic book world, please. <laughs> We'd re greatly appreciate it. We need you around for a long time, big guy. Fifty ain't that old, but we want you fifty more. <laughs> we want you for fifty more. We want a hundred-year-old Alex Ross still on the fucking grindstone. Yep, I'm still painting. <laughs> um, well. Do we have anything else we want to talk about, everybody? Um, all right. 50 more years, Alex. <laughs> We're gonna can, you, can you give us 50 you, more? Hold you to it, I guess. Eat those berries. Handful of berries. Yeah, fuck those spiders. Alex Ross. <laughs> fuck those spiders. <laughs> fuck those spiders. Right. Bye. No. Is that, no. We do? Is that how we end in the No, no. We just, yeah, we just say bye. Okay.
Do we do something different? I, I, you know how you I'm not very real, good with goodbyes. Real mad about it. Oh, you want to do a little bit of reminders? No, I just hate goodbyes. Greg wanted to say that we're up for the pitch awards. It's on all of our socials. Oh no, I don't want that. I know we're gonna win, so it doesn't matter. How do you know we're gonna win? <laughs> we got socials that you could uh, do all our kind of stuff. We need to remind you. We also have a Patreon. It is First Issue Club on Patreon.com. We got lots of extra episodes over there. We also have a phone number now. Tell them those digits. 816-200-00144, First Issue Club. And we it got... It can't be 00144. Yeah, try it again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what number that's going to call, but... Please don't call that one. It's 816-200-0014 for First Issue Club voicemail. <laughs> And we got our music by Primary Color Music. And we, as always, are recording from the moon. Anything else? No, that's it. <laughs>